You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, so I was just I was just talking. Let me let me just get up to the microphone here. Am I close enough? Um, maybe a little bit closer. All right. All right, that's good. <laughs> so I was just saying to you. It's a really hot summer at the moment. Really. This is the before the after the show discussion. It's is... a really hot summer at the moment. Um, really hot. 111 degrees it was the other day. Uh, that This is in Missouri. And um, I looked at the... Te- I, I don't really concentrate on the temperature of my computer components, but I was looking at um, some tweaking software, and it said my hard drive was 45 degrees Celsius which we just translated into American, Fahrenheit, which is over 100 degrees, right? 113 degrees or something. Um, So I thought, oh, wow, that's really too hot. So my message here is, if you have a computer and you haven't dusted it, um, or... Are you saying yours was dusty? Actually, it wasn't because I dust it every month. But if you haven't dusted your computer and all its vents are clogged and it's hot summer day and it's Mm -hmm. in a hot office... I would say have a look at it, make sure the fans are running smoothly, you know, because the heat kills in computer terms. And so what I did to make, cool this hard drive down was I got a 120mm fan out of my cupboard. I just stuck it on top of the hot hard drive and plugged it into my power supply and it dropped my temperatures by 10 degrees on the hard drive. So Still doesn't sound like enough. but It is. Um, th- 30 degrees is good for a hard drive, apparently. 45 degrees is too hot. It'll die. Uh, it won't die immediately, but it's not good for it to be so hot so that is your computer um, knowledge for this week or what would you call that computer <laughs> tips for a hot summer hot summer month anyway it's um, Sunday July the 31st the last day of July correct and um, unless it's 32 this year no <laughs> so uh, it's Sunday July the 31st 2011 this is after the show number 183 is it 183 or is it 184 3 why have I got 184? Maybe I was doing something that was in relation to the next week's. Don't know. Did you make a template or something? No. I, don't know. I was doing something and I wrote 184, so maybe it's wrong somewhere. No, three's right. No, three's right for this, but maybe I wrote wrote it wrong. So, all right, so it's after the show 183. This is the show where we review a movie every week. And uh, Is that what it is? We're reviewing a Blu-ray. We who? Me and you. Who are we and you? Sit Talker and, and Ace Scully. And who are we in relation to one another? Is this a quiz? <laughs> Do you know the answer? No. You? Brother and sister. Oh, God. That's just gross. Absolutely not. We're husband and wife. Now Correct. that I've said that, that's disgusting. Sisters and brothers. Ew, gross. Yeah, that's a different story. Yeah. So, so we're, mo- <laughs> we're, we're looking at the movie Arthur this week. Not the 1981 version 2011. of Arthur. The 2011 version of Arthur. A very clear distinction. And um, it's a Blu-ray release. It's a 2011 movie. It was released on the 15th of July, so you can get it now. Uh, it's a PG-13. The tagline for this movie is, and this one, you, if I was to give you this one in a tagline takedown, you would... Um, what? Tagline takedown, I call it. No. Fun with taglines is what we've been calling it. Tagline fun. <laughs> yeah. No Sorry. takedown shit. Oh my god. Tagline fun. If I you was, sound like somebody on Spike TV. It's I, tagline takedown. If I was to tell you this one in that section, you would get it. 
So this makes this a shitty tagline. Let me guess something like lovable billionaire. You already read it. No, I haven't read it. It, Well, it's exactly that. Oh. (laughs) It's meet the world's only lovable billionaire. You must have subconsciously sucked that in. No, no, no. Because that's my summary. When you're about to ask me my summary of the movie. So you would have got that one. Um, It's from our friends at Warner Brothers. And um, it's a Blu-ray slash DVD slash digital copy. You get the lot. It's a, bag, it's a bargain and it's value for money. So, let's move on to the synopsis of this fine movie and you are going to give us the synopsis. I think we've covered it. It's about a lovable billionaire. But let me first say... Is I'll he lovable though? A very brief, like a very brief review of the original. It's genius. Alright. And then this one is... All the same elements are there with a few variations. It's a lovable billionaire who's about to be forced into being married to another, to someone because of money and power brokering between the families. And um, he stumbles across a woman he would rather be in love with. And then there's comedy and there's, he's spoiled and selfish and blah, blah, blah. Hilarity ensues. And, you know, it's got the touching side and it's got the sad cry. I'll just say, last night I made the effort on Netflix to watch Arthur. The Arthur. And no, I Arthur. laughed so hard. I mean, I have to have seen that movie over a hundred times. I know I have, because it's like, it's like once I start watching it, as soon as it comes on, the music... Christopher Cross. And the road, you're driving right. down the city street in the fancy car. Cross. Yeah, I guess. Okay. When, I, when you get lost <laughs> between the moon and New York City. Right. Yes. I, it is like there is an impression of this entire movie pressed into my brain. And as I'm watching it, it's just kind of filling in the impression. And I've got it all memorized. And this one is the same story. And we'll get into that later. But um, So yeah, it's a remake of Arthur. It's not exactly recession friendly, we'll say. It's a remake of Arthur... Not a remake, as so much as like a re- like like I said to you before, like a modern. No, it, it's a remake. It's not an eighties version. No, but it's a remake. It really mm. is. So, um, the movie Arthur. Um, I'm a, I'm a fan of Russell Brand. I um, and I everything I read about Russell Brand, everybody hates him. Uh, I'm not in that camp. Hates him, what do you mean? Oh, Russell Brown, what a hack. It's not even funny. I don't even understand what he's saying. He's uh, terrible. Why would anybody think that's funny? He's a... Right. A, a clown. He's an English clown. All that kind of shit. I know he's very liked in England. But that's what I hear when Americans talk about him. So I've, I, I just looked on the message board on IMDb for this movie. Right. I was looking. And that was the thing, you know. Brand's a hack. Why doesn't he F off with his girlfriend who is also a hack? Etc. With his wife, sorry. Um, those are the kind of things. I've not. I've always liked Russell Brand. Um, I think his style of humour is... I think it's fantastic. If you've not seen him on, in stand-up, I recommend you do. Yeah, yeah. If you like him. If you if you do like his sense... He's better in stand-up, I've got to say, than he is in movies. Because he's in his element there, right? It's yes. his own material. You know. Um so, yeah, Russell Brand in Arthur. I knew this was happening a couple of years ago, because I think I said it to you, Russell Brand's going to be Arthur in the remake. And you was like, well, I don't think they should remake it. Absolutely. I still don't um, think they should have. Now, this is where I fall on this movie. And I'm I'm not... Uh, I do like Arthur, the original. But it's not like you... Uh, Ten <laughs> is my... Dudley You're not Mo- in love with it. Ten like is my Dudley Moore movie. I am in love with Ten. 
I think it's fantastic. Let me put it this way. Arthur is probably the reason I wanted to owe it from the time I was... It was 1981, so I was just pre-teenish, teenish. And uh, that's what made me want to marry a British man. Well, Even I, though he was drunk and rich, but... I, uh, I find that slightly creepy. <laughs> no, truly. And it also made me have twinges of wanting to be a prostitute. Because I thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool if you're like, you know, this prostitute and some rich man came along. And unlike in the movie, in the original, Pretty woman. he kind of moves on. Yes, <laughs> but this is precursor to that. It wasn't. And it also made me want to be a waitress in a little diner. Because I thought, wouldn't that be awesome if you had a billionaire boyfriend come in and sweep you away? And so you were very impressionable. I was very impressionable. And out of those three things, I have been a waitress once for four days. I've never been a prostitute, and I did marry a British man, so it's had great impact on me. And I am a British man, I have been a prostitute, <laughs> and I did once waitress. <laughs> so nice. That's, so that's, that's right. We got, we got something out of that. Anyway, um, Arthur, so I went into this, and I've not got the lovable attachment to Arthur, but I have to 10. If they remade 10, I would have the same feelings as you probably have. So I went into this of... This is a remake. We've seen remakes recently. We've seen quite a few. I feel like we've seen a lot of remakes in the last few years. Um, I'll just leave all my expectations at the door and enjoy it for what it is. That was my feeling of it. And coming out of it, I would say, I, if it was a scale of 100%, I 70% enjoyed myself. So to me, it was there was 30% of it where I was like, that's not even funny. Yeah. That seems no matter really what, it's not funny. And yeah. just over the top. But I, I laughed think, a lot. Yeah, and I think the movie had I think I actually think Russell Brand is really good talent. Um I'm you know, I imagine the women finding sexy and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> not even close. Well, I'm I know some yeah. obviously is like a, a, a what do you call him? Like a heartthrob or what I don't know. I don't even know what you call it. Really? There's going to be women who go, Russell Brand, he's like the ultimate sexy dude for me. Like, There's going to be lots of... Hmm. You know, they love the way he's... Uh, nost- I am a woman, you know, but I think you're going to dismiss whatever I say. They love the way not- his nostril hair runs into his beard. What are you talking about? Remember, he's got that crazy nostril hair. Do you remember us talking about him in, in the last movie? He didn't lose it in this movie. It's right. Running out of his nose into his beard. Yes, he, I wouldn't even notice that. <laughs> High def. He doesn't have a beard. No, in this in this one he doesn't, but in the last movie, which was um, where he was licking the wall. That was his movie, where he was the rock star. Yeah. Uh, it, Get yeah. him to the Greek. But he still has that nose hair is what I'm getting at. Anyway, I um, find him... I can just watch him. I, I find him absolutely charming. And it's not because I like British comics or whatever. I can see why people like him. But I don't think this was a good... Like, 100% good vehicle for him. It was a bit too... Indulgent. Let Russell Brand be Russell yeah. Brand. Um, because he's playing... Guys him in this Arthur yeah, role, you he's know? He's playing a rich, spoiled... Childish. Moody, childish... Um... Uh, careless, care, don't have any cares about him. And I think in life, at this stage of his life, he might mimic that a little bit. I've listened to his podcast, for example, when he and his friend went around and he has a very... It, like in the movie, it's a lot of him, I think. So oh, I absolutely I yeah. think it's him. We've seen him in stand-up, right? When he's... Well, there again. In his private life, there's probably a Russell Brand and the stage persona of Russell sure. Brand is probably an over-amplified version. 
um, of him. But yeah, there's him in there, isn't there? I mean, you can tell. You can't not be yourself. So this Arthur character, to me, comes across as more of Russell Brand being silly than... Uh, uh, yes. But there again, there are scenes in this movie that are quite touching and he delivers them well. And I think he also did in Get Into the Greek, actually. Yeah. Um, and this movie, um, while it's all fun and japes and silly kind of making fun of stuff and, you know, almost vaudevillian in, in ways, it takes a, a kind of a dramatic turn towards the end, which I didn't see coming, actually. Then you don't remember the original? I do remember the original, but I didn't think they were going to do it here because this is way more wacky than the original. In a light-hearted way, I thought the I thought I seem what I remember of the of Arthur, the original Arthur, was yes, it was wacky and funny, but because of Dudley Moore's dry British humour, but it also had this real dark tone to it. I think you you said dry earlier. It's absolutely not dry humour for him. He's wacky British in the first humor, one. You know? No, not at all. He's just just like this. He's like drunken. Yeah, but some of the shit that comes out of his mouth but it's not is dry. almost like it was written by Monty Python. Uh, I disagree. It's right. pretty It's pretty out there. Do you know what I mean? I don't think it's as wacky as this one. The wackiness I think you're talking about is like because Bitterman is now this sort of like dummied down the chauffeur. Yep. And he's got these crazy cars and stuff. There's none of that in no. the first one. That's where the whack... That's the only wackiness except I mean, for he's got lots of toys. Let's put and... this forward. This this movie opens with yeah. Russell Brand as Arthur and his uh, sidekick dressed as Batman and Robin driving the real Batmobile down a road. The city street I mean, does, cops, the other movie... The other Arthur does, never... No, no, ...never no. goes to that place. No. Like So this starts off immediately... Like that. And when it did open and it showed you that opening sequence, I was like, oh my god, this is going to be a bananas, crazy yeah. version of that. But then it does rein itself in as it goes through. And actually, it turns out to be quite a mm-hmm. charming story towards the end. Um, but what elevated it a little bit... That part was, was a bit forced, I thought. The wacky elements were just a little too forced. Yeah, they are. Um, and that's what I mean. It's like, they, they didn't rein Russell Brand in at all. So he, he's just doing Russell Brand stuff. Crazy stuff. Um, and when the dramatic parts come, I can't take back from what he was doing before. Like yeah, he, yeah. You know, it is, even though he does play the dramatic parts, okay. Um, but, you know, I think what really kind of saved it for me was, like, the cast is pretty good cast, apart from Nick Nolte. Yeah, oh my God. He's the worst thing in the whole movie. Yeah, really. Absolutely um, the worst. And... Um, the girl he falls in love with's father is like nothing, and in, no. and I'm not saying it should be like the original, but it was really nothing, and that was actually it is an important element in the whole of the story, and I thought that and yeah, the Nick Nolte, that guy, it was not, and it that, was just terrible. Do you know the scene with Nick Nolte with the bandsaw? Mm-hmm. It was just out of place. Made no ma- sense. It made no sense. It was like what? Okay, he's threatening him with violence, like. Like it doesn't overtly, and it's been very light-hearted up to this point, and then there's this weird confrontation, and then it's just this weird thing, and uh, yeah, that didn't. It was really bad. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, was actually a... poorly done, poorly it written. It wasn't funny. It wasn't funny. It wasn't anything except it was like, hey, we got Nick Nolte. I mean, he was firing nails out of a nail gun at some pol- polythene, and then Nick Nolte uh, appears with nails stuck in him. 
and he doesn't give a shit because he's so tough. He's just pulling the nails out. Yeah, the, the original Burt Johnson is freaking yeah. amazing. He's a he is menacing. They just and made this look stupid. They just made this stupid because when Nick Nolte's yeah, yeah. pulling nails out of himself and he's bleeding. First off, that's like super grisly. I don't really need that in a comedy. Like it's weird. <laughs> so that's happening. Plus, he's got no reaction to it whatsoever. So I'm supposed to think, and oh, he's so odd that this doesn't. And then he's got he this weird voice. Really bad. Yeah, it's bad. The Burt Johnson in the original. I mean, again, you're not supposed to compare, but if you're going to give me the guy's name, Burt Johnson, he's a tough ass. He's going to threaten Arthur. In the original, his name is Burt Johnson. He's a tough ass. He threatens Arthur. Then you're going to have to deal with the comparison and Nick Nolte should just not have been in there. You could have put you could have put any the original Burt Johnson at least had a little tiny element of like I don't know. I don't know. That there was are the definitely worst part. there are definitely really funny moments in this movie. Very. Um, cuz I I I can remember like I'm not the kind who laughs out loud at things and I I also did not at this movie, but I was smiling all the time and that's a measure for me. If I if I think, think to myself I'm smiling a lot, I'm obviously amused by what's going on but there again there was parts where it's is that on purpose like you don't no i'm just no it's not on purpose at all it just doesn't happen for me i don't i find things funny even if it's the funniest thing i don't really laugh i mean i don't go "Ah, like i that's just you laugh at howard stern yeah it's really right it has to be something very specific (laughs) that tickles me in some way you laugh at curb my enthusiasm yeah, I do, but no, I'll, it's it's just like I'm always like amazed by what he's. I do. I like inappropriate stuff. This <laughs> this does have some inappropriate moments because obviously he's not very well adjusted to the world. <laughs> so there are some weird, especially when he goes for a job interview. Yeah, and that know. gets a little wacky too, but it's funny, wacky in a funny way. I like yeah. That. Um. So yeah, I did a lot. I was smiling a lot. Um. And then I was actually quite touched in some parts but there again the relationship between him and um, Naomi I didn't buy it like half yeah, the time it was a little and I bit really like her yeah we do but it felt all, forced again yeah it felt real like there was nothing between you know why? them really because when they meet it isn't it isn't like there isn't enough because yeah, he looks at her and they slow motion it, and he's like, "Oh, look at her," and then he's like instantly hooked or something. But you've just been told that he like fucks Throws everything women. that walks. Yeah, he's just been with three women or whatever. Gorgeous women everywhere and all that kind of stuff. So the fact you know, it's really hard. But that to, is got this weird. Um... And he doesn't know yet that she's doing something that's a little bit da- you know not dangerous in a bad way. But he doesn't know yet anything about her. So that was flimsy. And then what she is doing is really lame. I mean, there's nothing interesting about what she's doing. Let's be honest. I mean, she's giving you legal tours of Grand Central Station. It's just a plot device to allow Arthur right, to close not, down Grand Central Station. That is a plot that, device. Yeah, and it's not interesting at all. No, it's kind of Whereas, crappy. you know, you could have made her be anything. Like anything that She could have been a flower sales person on the street. Oh, yeah, oh, a newspaper salesperson. No, no, the idea is she has to be doing something... I mean, we are... She, they're pulling it straight from the original. Yeah, I right? know. She has to be uh, the opposite of him, not like a... No, she has to be doing something illegal so that he has to step in. Oh, right, not a prostitute. To, like, turn the situation around. No. Well, I mean... No, Liza Minnelli wasn't a prostitute. Right. She was stealing a tie. And he sees it, and he watches the whole thing unfold. In the original, that's kind Maybe of what... Should. What he what 
why you can buy it because he watches her from a distance do this thing where she seals the tie and he's like she's amazing she just stole that tie and walked out and he follows her and then he's observing her with the store um security guy and he's just mesmerized by her as she's speaking well, whereas in this one they just have him she's looking at the ceiling they're all lay on the fl- she gets all the tour that she's taking to lie on the floor and look up at the stars on the Grand Central Station ceiling. Well, he saw her before that, though. But he when hooked. he when he sees that she does that, and yeah. he comes and lies with her, and then he realizes she's, she's something special immediately. Like, um, but then there's this lame scene where she, the police are chasing her because she's giving out the, and then she sp- that scene where they speak into the police trying to give excuses it was horrible too. Like it was, but that's straight from the first one as right, well. Right, but it felt, it, it felt horrible in this movie. I was like, oh god, this is like officer. These are cartoonish, cartoonish Cartoon, yeah. looking cops who are like... Oh, I disagree with that. They know. looked authentic to me, but the... No, I don't mean the look. I mean just the attitudes. It was just like... I don't know. It was just... Obviously, they know who Arthur is. Yeah. And they they can... They, they just cut him some slack all the time because they know he's, like, pathetic or whatever. Yeah, I agree with you. But from I mean, I like her and I like as their relationship's developing. I do like their... You know that he's I didn't feel much of a intrigued by her. Um, I guess because it moves quite quickly. Yeah, we, we don't get much you don't of, get a, lot of substance. Um, no, like you get like oh, he meets her and then he takes her on a walk and then she comes to his apartment and then like he's there's a moment where you're supposed to, okay, the he's besotted with he's her. He's like, kissed her. They've kissed yeah. again and. He's intrigued by her, but then you can't... It's hard to get in your mind, and I know you're, um, it's like overthinking it, but it's hard to imagine that of probably the thousands of other women that he's met, no one has ever captured his imagination. No, never. Until now. When, coincidentally, he's supposed to be... Married. Yeah, and I understand that, but it's just... Yeah, I felt like um, she's also... Like, she's presented as... A, she's not his opposite. In fact, there's they have a lot in common. That's why he's drawn to I her. I mean, she's not... She's no money. Let's, let's say that for Right, but that. personality, that's the thing. She loves... She's amazed by things, and he's amazed by things, and, you know, like that... I, I guess I just meant opposite, as in he's like a billionaire, and she's got literally nothing. Yeah, but that's not personality-wise opposite. Yeah, but I, that's not what I was getting at. I was just getting at financially opposite. Right. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I like her, I didn't, I didn't buy it half of the time, and it, I was too brief, like I saw a date, I saw them having a, a date, a little date, and then I saw them, you know, I saw her come over, and they didn't really interact much, and then, you know, I didn't see a lot of, I didn't get like a love connection, like solid, between them. Right. So when they're asking me as a viewer, towards the end, what I, you know... I don't want to give anything away, but when she's out the window and stuff. Yeah. And it's some heartbreaking thing, like, I'm not as invested as, as I should be, I guess. That's the problem with me. But there again, it's just a flimsy comedy, so maybe it's not... <laughs> you know, the last movie I saw her in, I bought the um, relationship she had. It's the awkward relationship she had, you know? Yeah. Which was um, Ben Stiller, Because it was based Greenberg. on... You know, strangers crossing paths and yeah, you know, and it was, I bought them, um, but this one, so this one, you know, it's hyper real kind of deal, anyway, isn't it? This movie, it's um, 
It's that, Hollywood there's land. the question, do you buy a pretty woman? That's another one. Not really. <laughs> it's very flimsy. and I mean, it, yes, there's a, a fable in there, but it's flimsy, isn't it? It's Hollywood trappings like this is. It's very glossy and So which one that you do? Which ones do? Yeah, like what's one off the top of your head? Like, like when Harry met Sally or... No. <laughs> Any you know, romantic comedy that you buy? Um, Love Actually. And that's completely glossy and over the top and wrapped in a red bow or, you know... Yeah, but I'm saying, in there, you do buy it like... I do buy some of those, yeah. I I do, I actually... Like the Prime Minister one, all of them. Yeah, I do, even though they are super sappy and glossy. Um, I'm trying to think of something more down-to-earth where I really liked the romance in it. I mean, something more real. Yeah. Maybe Ghost World? about Chasing Amy? Chasing Amy, Ghost World, with how she... With yeah. Steve Buscemi's character. You know, it's a real kind of awkward Awkward, <laughs> very, yeah. Um, yeah, chasing Amy. I feel um, that Ben Affleck loves her. Yeah, yeah. Like, loves her, everything about her, but it's awkward. Because it's not... There's not a lot of distractions from their time together, though. We see them together yeah, constantly. Yeah, a lot, yeah. Like, the Even a montage. Things. Whereas in <laughs> this, the way they build it up, you get so much overpowering from getting across that he's charming and rich and there's this tension between he and his mother and now they're throwing Jennifer Garner at him because he has to marry her. You get a distraction from the what you're supposed to build up as in your heart. You're supposed to be like, oh, they me- they're meant to be together. Like, they just fit together. Yeah, that's what I was missing. The, the women. You want them to be together. Yes, I think. because because the the other alternative's not good. <laughs> exactly, that's the only. But that's reason. the only reason. It's not like oh my god, these are meant for each other. And my problem, even with the original, right, is that first of all, in both, Arthur offers some money at one point. I'm sorry, I can't be in your life. Here's a million dollars. And in the first one, it's a hundred thousand dollars, and both of them turn it down. Now I can't help it. If you were to say to me, "Look, I don't want to be married to you anymore." But here's your consolation prize. It's a million dollars. I would say, thank you. I'm going to cash this check right now. Well, we're looking at a romanticized version of people. Very romanticized, but let's be honest. Nobody's if, going if, to if, turn if it down. If, she, if when he, when he um, presents the check for $999,000 and says a million would have been crude, and she says, just take it and leave. If she would have said, oh, fine, fine, I'm going to the Bahamas, it wouldn't be... <laughs> In fact, you couldn't have furthered the plot. She's off and then... Well, I don't think you'd go to the Bahamas, but I mean... Oh, uh, you know, I'm... It's very nice to um, make people sound very high and mighty and, oh, I would never take the money because look how screwed up you are. But in the real world, unless he hands her the envelope and says, I'm giving you this million dollars, so every Saturday night I'm going to come over and screw you. Well, yeah, that's a different Indecent story. proposal. But that wasn't what it was. That's one. Right, and she took it. Yes. Because... Did you... No offense, but I might too. If anyone ever offered me a million dollars to have sex with him, I'd have to think about it. <laughs> why, why, why did he want to pay that much? Just, just because he wanted the taboo of taking somebody else's I wife. I think so. I, he didn't, I don't think he planned to take the wife. Oh, that's another movie, but yeah. yeah. So that I always have a problem with. And then it is funny, though, how we can turn around in this movie or in the original and have some affection... For a billionaire playboy who's wasteful and who's absolutely luscious, not a good guy, really luxurious. He's a bumbling, um, wasting money here and selfish. There. Yeah, yeah, he's not saving. Children but we somehow, or even as a woman, you fantasize to a degree that this guy 
because he's a billionaire. Oh, I could overlook his drinking. You know, I could overlook his eccentricities because he's a billionaire. And that kind of bothers me because we're still valuing the money thing. So, you know, but that, again, again, it's pretty woman, isn't it? Like, <laughs> Interestingly enough, I was watching a, this was off, a little bit off topic, but I was watching on Howard Stern this week. He had one of the women who Charlie Sheen had the goddesses, as they call them. And she said before he had his weird breakdown, and she says that he's actually mentally ill, in her opinion. He, oh, well, I'm sure she's an authority. <laughs> he came to her and said, and this is this is an interesting comment from a billionaire or whatever he is, you know. And you know this is 100% true. Yeah, well, straight from her mouth, so it might not be true. But okay. this is what she said. Before he had his flip out, he came to her and said, I... I've got all the money in the world, but I've bought everything. What does somebody do when there's nothing left to buy? That was the thing he said on the eve of his flip-up. So it's an interesting thing. Like, when you are a billionaire or whatever, you know, when they say money can't bring you happiness or whatever, you know, it can buy you some things or whatever, but you must get to a point where it's like... Like Arthur, here, he's got everything, right? But He's even got a bed that floats. <laughs> he said that that was his... I don't know, I think we've been brainwashed to think like that. If someone handed me a billion dollars, I would not be miserable. I would never be miserable. I, I am a reasonable human being. I'm not going to end up miserable. And I think You can only buy a certain amount of things. Yeah, but then I'm fine. I don't have to go to work again, you know? You could hand me, a, you could hand me right now $500,000. I would never have to work again. That right there makes me happy. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. That buys my happiness right there. So I think this idea that we all would choose a righteous life of poorness over having money. I mean, that is in stories throughout the years, isn't it? I think that's what I'm saying. I think we're brainwashed to think that we should always choose... I don't know. (laughs) But not me. So let's move on to the cast of the movie. Russell Brand plays Arthur very well, I thought. Apart from, like I said to you, it's hard knowing Russell Brand to not look at him as Russell Brand and a character anymore. Yeah. For me, for me anyway, because he's so over the top and larger than life. Unless he completely reins himself in in an upcoming drama role or something and he's not being wacky Russell Brand, because that's all he's done so far in movies, right? Pretty he's much. He's been wacky Russell Brand, long-haired Russell Brand, crazy, says weird things. He's never been anything else. So here I can't separate him from Russell Brand at all like because he's no. even the humour that's coming from him is Russell Brand's stuff because he's making it up as he goes yeah exactly yeah. it's a lot of his impact. because remember his name has got executive producer next to it yeah. that means he's throwing money at it which means they kind of probably let him get away with a lot Helen Mirren but I did enjoy him I did Helen Mirren plays Hobson she's awesome I, I love her I mean and, and like it's funny to see her in a movie like this because you don't generally, you know, she's saying certain things is really. She's quite charming. a serious actress, so if you're familiar with her over the years, you know, Prime Suspect and things like that, you. Um, I never saw that. It was an awesome TV show from England that ran for many. In fact, years. I've probably only ever seen her a couple times, to be honest. Right, and you've always seen her very serious, right? The Queen. I think so. So yeah. this is an interesting role for her because it's. She's serious. It's, Yes, when she needs to when be. She puts but on then her gloves in the beginning too. and is cleaning up after his party. That she says some fun. funny things. Yeah. Especially if you watch the outtakes. Um, Jennifer Garner plays Susan Johnson. Good she job. She's really good. She yeah. did a really um, good job. I like her a lot. And we watched her in, what was it? Was it Ghost Town or was it the other one with Ricky Gervais? Um, uh, Invention of Lying. Invention of yeah. Lying. And she and was. Juno? 
She was alright in Juno. She plays a good severe yeah. personality. Like in this one she's yeah, very she severe. Does. In Juno she's very severe, yeah. like very and like she says in romantic comedies, when she's just in a standard Jennifer Garner romantic comedy, she's the nice girl and she's the attractive lady or whatever. That bullshit. Here, she's obviously not. Yeah. I mean, she's attractive she's and all She's a little that, wacky, but, she's but it's good. She's wacky, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think she was she really kicks fun. kicks the ass out of Electra. And, and she day. doesn't... <laughs> here, she's not... You know, she's doing some things that are mm. where you're like... Oh my god, that must have been undignified. Undignified. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't. No, I really it. liked her. I like that. Um, I like that they twisted this one character. If they're saying, "Oh, we're going to modernize it," this is the one that really shines through. Not yeah. only that, Arthur's father turns into a mother and all this, but this character is driven. Now, she is driven. You can just lose the comparison even after a while, and she's a whole person on her own. I really like her. Um, like in the every single thing is controlled. Like in the restaurant, she's come on, ask me, do it. And then as soon as he asks, she puts yeah. everybody on cue to play the music and clap. You know, she's very, very pointed, and I like that. No, it's a bit disappointing that um, the next lady, Greta Gerwig, isn't actually mentioned on the cover of the movie because yeah, she's, she's in that. the movie a lot. Like, um, she's, I mean, she's not just a support role. She's no, she's the yeah. So when you look at the front cover, there's just the three, the main three people, and she's as much that she should be in there too. But because um, she's the reason that there is a story. Yeah, exactly. And she plays Naomi Quinn, and we mentioned her before. And the only problem I have with her, and I really like her, I, w- I want to see her in more stuff. I think she's charming. I like her. She reminds me of Patricia Arquette a little bit. She's got that, the way she acts. It's very innocent, but she's seen stuff. I, I, I don't know. I can't. Yeah. The way it comes across is like, she puts on this innocent but facade, she's kind of but she's really not so innocent on the, you know I mean? She knows more than you think. Um, I like her a lot. I want to see her in more stuff. But in here, I don't think they give her... There's nothing to flex her uh, acting muscles with. Like, it's like... Yeah, none of them have, really. No? Well, so, Jennifer Garner, I think, goes out of the limb more yeah, than anybody. but she just throws herself into this wackiness. Whereas Greta Gerwig hasn't got a wackiness because her character's fairly grounded. Yeah. Even though she can be fun, she's not got this wacky side to it. So... It's almost like she's trying to be like a dramatic actress in this wacky comedy, and it doesn't, for me, it didn't pull off as well. Because I didn't. She wasn't wacky, though. No, she wasn't at all. Yeah. That was the. What I'm saying is like, it was almost like she's used to doing dramatic roles, and then there's this Russell Brand thing that she's in, and she's doing her dramatic thing, but it's not going to work in this movie. You have to be a bit. Yeah. A bit. Yeah, but. I don't know, a bit less. That's what draws him to her, maybe. Yeah, but it's not to me. For me, when I see it, I, I'm like, I didn't connect with her, even though I really like her. It's a weird one. Because I was like, when I saw her face, I was like, I wasn't even aware she was in it. Because on the cover, <laughs> it, it's not telling me. When I saw her face, I was like, oh, yeah, I really like her. And then as it went on, I was like, okay, I'd, I like her less now because of this. Mm. But I need to see her again in something yeah. more her style, you know? Um, then we've got. Nick Nolte is, but it's not even worth mentioning. Horrible. Horrible, yeah. And Louis Guzman, who I really like, as Bitterman. And I think it's a... There's a scene that was cut out, which was his best scene. For yeah, me. it was really good in the car. Yeah. Because he doesn't get a chance to do a lot, and he should have. I feel like it's a really undignified version of Bitterman, to be honest. Yeah. Whether you've seen the original or not, it's... But it's not Louis Guzman's fault. No, he's fine. He's real, yeah. he's real grounded. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> he's he'll like the straight man. Yeah, absolutely anything. Yeah. And he's the straight man. And he he's... understands, Arthur. He'll understand, I need to turn up here with this. Like Helen this Mirren, is... you know, Hobson, she will not be undignified for him. No. Except in the but privacy she'll be between with him them. Till the end. Whereas Guzman or Bitterman will just do anything. Looks anything. wacky, looks crazy. But all the time he's very straight and very calm. Yep. So. He's good though, I like him. Directed by Jason, it's either Weiner or Winner. It's got one N. Um, hasn't directed at all before. This is his first movie. He directed a TV show called Modern Family, which I have no idea. I don't idea. feel like... Oh, that's, that's super popular. Um, I have no idea what that is. That's humongous, actually. It's one of those things that you would say to me, super famous, and I haven't heard of it. Apparently, it's super famous. Um, unfortunately... I don't feel like there's a lot of directing going on. I feel like Russell and Helen, they didn't need a director. No, I wouldn't think so either. You know? It's more of a... And he's way... He's got that 20-something thing about him that I just despise. I didn't have no no problem with him on the in- interviews. I mean, he seemed enthusiastic. He, you know? Ugh, he seemed like the kind of guy who would say, we need to do this so it's a pop. And we need to do this so it's fresh and new. <laughs> and all that shit that I hate. I'm so, becoming um, an old person. So moving on to this, we've got extras on this Blu-ray. There's not many, to be honest. No. There's three like, three extras. The first one is Arthur Unsupervised. And reading off the back of the box, it says, uh, Russell Brandon, director Jason Winner, expose all the fun footage, outrageous photos, and ad-libs that were too wild for theatres. And that is exactly what it is, to be honest, because there is a photo montage. It's not really wild. No. This is a PG-13 movie. In fact, they bleep out when they say cuss words. Yeah, this is a PG-13 movie, by the way. I think, for me, it might have been better as an R, like with some, a bit more raunchy, a a bit more raunchy, maybe, yeah. Um, There's a gag reel. It's very brief. Yeah. But worth watching if you want to see um, Helen Mirren. It's more like a... Say some things you've never heard her say before. Trailer with parts that weren't in the movie. Yeah, like a promotional thing. And additional scenes, 10 minutes of non-stop Russell, it says here. And there are additional scenes that last for 10 minutes. So that is correct. <laughs> I'm not saying there are, There is one with Louis Guzman that's really good. Yeah, that one is good. It's a shame that it was cut, because he's in the DeLorean from Back to the Future. While <laughs> um, yeah, if you're a fan of cars from movies, <laughs> this movie has them. But I think that's part of what what subtracts some of the... Um, not believability, but the dignity of what you get in the first one. You get that this guy in is, and I shouldn't compare, but I'm over that now. He's from a dignified, super wealthy, very snotty, very snobby, very controlled, very big business family. Okay? Now, what we see of Arthur with Russell Brand is he has no reins on him whatsoever. And... It kind of breaks that thing where there's too much of a gap between the way he does behave and how he's expected to behave. Yeah. That's another thing I had a hard time. Like, how did he get that way? Really? Whereas original Arthur, yeah, he's a little bit of a playboy and he drinks a lot, but he's not like, whoa, you know, out there crazy. No, so um, in conclusion? I enjoyed it. Yeah, and so did I, but I, it's you know it's not high rated for me. It's it's a good laugh. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's fun. Um, like I say, I think it might have benefited from an R rating and to actually let Russell Brand say some swear words, let him maybe 
show him show him a bit more with all the women at the beginning. You know, yeah. like like to show him to be a bit more raunchy adult instead raunchy. of childish adult. Yeah, childish yeah. Adult. like they portrayed him in Get Him to the Greek. I know, yes. I know that's, <laughs> that is what I want to see more. You know, raunchiness, not him licking a wall, but even though that was funny. Um, so yeah, I, I mildly recommend it. Is that a good? <laughs> I would. It's about one hundred and fifty nine percent below what I would recommend, which I'm going to recommend. Mildly recommend is the original Arthur. And I recommend. Oh, I'll, I'll recommend some in a minute. Um, so thanks to Warner for the Blu-ray, and if you want to enter a contest, go to aschoolie.com and click on the word contest. Next week's Blu-ray review is Paul. And I said to you, Arthur this week, Paul next week. <laughs> so we're on the, um, what will it be the week after? Are these apostles? Was Arthur an apostle? <laughs> no, I don't think Arthur. King, King Arthur and Paul, the, Paul is an apostle. Um, so Paul next week will be the Blu-ray review. Um, A we, rich billionaire and an alien. We're right on, yeah. right on track there. And we're watching the unrated version of Paul, apparently, because it's the unrated. Um, it's going to have that humor that you like. You mean like don't don't touch my thing? That's oh mine. yeah, I'm thinking I'm doing it. No. You mean like Shaun of the Dead? No, I like Shaun of the Dead. No raunchy, stupid humor like you get in movies like Knocked Up and stuff. Well, I, I've got for Paul. Um, it's by the makers of Shaun of the Dead and Shaun of the Dead. Right. Uh, both the dudes from Shaun of the Dead are in it, and Kristen Wiig, who I love, yes, is also do. in it. So I'm hinging some stuff on this to yeah. that I will like it. So we'll see next week. We'll see if I like it better than Arthur. So um. Movie tagline fun, not movie takedown or whatever I called it earlier. No, please, oh god. Movie tagline fun. You're you're gonna give. I'm still the winner of this, by the way. Oh yeah. You're gonna guess one. Yeah, you're gonna give me a movie tagline, and I'm gonna try and guess it. And you, the viewer, listener. (laughs) You, the viewer. (laughs) Where's the camera? Did you put a fucking camera in here? So you, the listener. I'm um, about 100 degrees. Me too. I'm boiling up. Okay, I'm going to say the tagline. All right. And it is the monster demands a mate. The monster demands a mate. Is that a Godzilla? Dun dun dun. Is that your guess? That's your final answer. I can't tell you until you guess. Bride of Frankenstein. Oh my god! Is it? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You asshole. You're not supposed to guess them. So that's two now. Oh, I thought I'd get you on that one. No, that was quite easy. And I have seen that movie. Yeah. All right. Bride of Frankenstein. That's pretty good. <laughs> well, of all the movies that have monsters that could run a mate. Now, that mo- that was from the original, uh, one of the original. That's the one I've the seen. The Bride of Frankenstein original from like 1935 That's or the one I've seen, the black and white one, really old. Um, yeah, so there you go. I'm a, I'm a winner. We're not playing anymore. All right. Well, I said if one of us gets to five, we'll retire the game, right? (laughs) So there's two. All right. So um, movie recommendations this week. I am going for my favorite Dudley Moore movie ever, 10, with Dudley Moore and Bo Derek. Fantastic movie. You should definitely see it. If you're, I have seen it, but not more than I mean, see it now. You're probably more into... You'd probably be into it more now, I would say. It's really good. Dudley Moore, one of the rare comedians who has, like, perfect timing. Everything that comes out of his mouth doesn't feel scripted to me. It feels like he's reacting to what the other people are saying just off the cuff. I mean, that's what I know that that's what Russell Brand kind of does. Mm-hmm. 
But Dudley Moore, I think, genuinely did that. I don't know how much improvising they were back then. But it always felt to me like he was just reacting to what people said and it was hilarious, everything that came out of his mouth. So 10 is a good example of that. Um, And my other ones are not movies. I've got two more. But on on the theme of comedy... I want to recommend Curb Your Enthusiasm um, if you want to see improvised, funny comedy. It's on HBO. (laughs) Yeah, very awkward. It's on HBO at the moment. Um, I really enjoy it every week. I I think it's it's completely wacky, right? But there's always something, even if it's only one thing each week, where I go, I thought of that myself. (laughs) But nobody ever brings that up, and he always does, you know? He always brings it up, so... I love that. Awkward. Like when your mate, uh, your mate, as in your spouse, does something that annoys the shit out of you. But you know that if you say it, they're either going to get real defensive or real pissy about it. But you know that other people are annoyed by it as well. Well, Larry's the guy who He'll will say. say it. So they have these spouses or this daughter who says, you know, my mom does this <sighs> yeah. every time she takes a drink. And you know, I have a lot of those things that bug me about people, including you, not you personally. You will say it. I will say it because that's just now, I'm not sure if I would say it to someone else's spouse or anything, but. Laurie in the show will say it. Yes, and that was what in the fact, premise people, of last people know he will say it, so they will ask him <laughs> to say it. That was the last year, yeah, last yeah. week's episode, so that's really good. Yeah, and uh, also it was hilarious that he went with a Palestinian woman who hated yeah. Jews. He's Jewish. So when they were having sex, she She's was like yelling horrible Jewish things. Jewish, yes, yes. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, and the other one I wanted to mention is another comedy show that's on at the moment, which I think is genius and fantastic, and it's called Louis, and it's Louis C.K.'s... It's not a sitcom, because Louis was a sitcom. He did an HBO show years right. back called Louis. What's that called, Louis? This one's called Louis as well. Um, But this one's like... It's almost like Kerber Enthusiasm. It's just moments of... It can be random. Sometimes it's not... The first half's not even anything to do with the second part. But it's observations from a... Like, observations made into skits. 40-year-old man. But, like, in sitcom form or movie form, kind of. Yeah, and some stand-up in it also. It always ends and be... Like Seinfeld. Always ends and uh, starts with a a stand-up routine from him. But um, this week on Louis, it's on FX, by the way, um, there was just this, kind of, not a dream sequence, but he goes down in the subway and there's no words. It's in black and white. He walks down into the subway and he leans up against one of the subway things waiting for the train. And a performer walks down there with um, a violin. You know, like these people who perform in the subway. And he starts performing, and it's the most amazing violin you've ever heard. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's in... He's dreaming. No, he's not dreaming. It seems like a dream sequence, but here it's this amazing guy, and it's like, it's playing really fast, and it's amazing. And then he's captured by it. And then behind him, this homeless person comes. He's kind of like saying, this is the things you can see on the New York subway. So there's this guy... And then this homeless guy comes down the stairs with a couple of bottles of water in his hand, takes all his clothes off and starts having a shower on the uh, right behind this guy playing this amazing music, you know, and it's like this yeah, yeah. surreal kind of... Well, this is surreal, but that's probably what you do see on the New York subway and <laughs> right. he's making a comment on it. So it's really, really funny. I like it. It's um, 
it's on Thursdays on FX if you want to catch it. It's the second season. Um, so what are your recommendations? Arthur. Of course. The original. It is on Netflix. If, if It is. You... I watched it just last night. Absolutely genius. Every single, to me, every single line, every moment. I, I You know, just... You know what I'm going to do, Hobson? What? I'm going to take a bath. I'll alert the media. You know, this, these are classic lines. I just can't... Do you want me to watch your dick? <laughs> yes, shit. Yes, yes. I just... It's amazing. Amazing, amazing. Um, taking a bath is a lonely business, Hobson. I often wonder. A fish lonely. Then again, they do tend like, to eat one another. I like the Prince Charles impression. <laughs> I would think... I would imagine. <laughs> fish get awfully tired of seafood. What are your thoughts, Hobson? And he comes over, removes his hat, and smacks him on the head. <laughs> <Sir> John Gilgut. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. So, Arthur. There you go. I should just recommend it three times. But, in addition to that, a movie that, is, in my mind, is sort of linked to it cosmically because of the same time frame on HBO, which was new to me. I had never had cable till I was a junior, senior in high school. 17, 18 years old. And then we had HBO all of a sudden. This is where I learned to stay up all night watching movies and then go to school all day and then stay up all night. And I watched The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. So many times, Burt Reynolds singing, Dolly Parton singing. The worst kind. I mean, it's not good. But I know. Oh my liked god! It. I never. Liked it's planted it. in my mind. It's endeared to me for some reason. I cried when the prostitutes had to move out. I, you know, all these things. So I have seen. I it. haven't seen never it for it. probably fifteen or sixteen years. But I was on a Burt Reynolds kick at one point. I say, and that's when I watched. Rent it. it. Watch it on Netflix or something just to see. I mean. You're not going to have the same opinion as me. But if you watched it back then, hopefully you'll have the same fond memories. Again, another movie that made me want to be a prostitute. Because I thought, well, how cozy. They get to live in a nice big house and they have all these little country They don't show you by. the gross parts. <laughs> the diseases and the drug use and whatever else the, could possibly um, going on in a brothel. The Cincinnati bow tie and all <laughs> Alligator fuckhouse. Well, I guess I would imagine myself more as the, as the madam or whatever, oh, but... Okay. Um, isn't that funny to have a young girl aspiring to be a prostitute because of this movie that she's staying up all night watching on HBO? Really. <laughs> well, you've, if you probably interviewed a hundred prostitutes, there's probably some <laughs> weird thing in the childhood. That... I don't know. And then the other one is a movie I have not seen, but in looking for a tagline, this one just cropped up because the tagline for this one is Garbo Laughs. Oh, yeah. And it is, I can't even say it, it's Nina. Sure. Nina Choska or Nina... Something like that. Um, N-I-N-O-T-C-H-K-A. I think it's Nina Choska. I think that's how... Right. Russian. And it just sounds like a romantic comedy with a lot of political... It doesn't overtones. sound like a romantic comedy. It's in it? the 30s and I am going to watch it as my own recommendation if we can get it on our Netflix before the, the DVD part ends. And uh, so I The DVD part doesn't have to end, by the way, if you don't want it to. Well, oh. we don't, you, you don't return the DVDs anymore, you said, so... I mean, you... You'll I haven't returned them for a while. It wouldn't be done. worth it. Um, so, no. And that's it. That's my recommendation. Um, all right, so games and Ace Scully stuff this week. Been playing quite a few games this week. Number one was Captain America, and I, that was a leftover from last week. It's the Xbox 360 version of Captain America. I was going to say, it's actually a pretty good game. You've mentioned it now three weeks in a row. The first week I hadn't played it yet. The second week I played some. This week I finished it. I got all 1,000 achievement points. I had a lot of fun playing it. The story was pretty generic. I mean, they're not Nazis. They're uh, whatever they were, Hydras, but it, they are Nazis. It's, you know, it's a generic story. 
But what they did was just basically rip off Batman. Arkham Asylum. Um, they ripped all the mechanics out of that and made this game. Um, so it's fun. And if you like collecting stuff, mm-hmm. like going through a game, looking for like 10 of these and 20 of that and 30 of that and collecting them all, this is your game because there's so much stuff to collect. It's unbelievable. We actually managed to collect all of it. So um, I recommend it. It's absolutely not a fifty nine ninety nine buy. It's a rental. And you will finish it in a weekend if you rent it. So or that's my... Flight. Yeah, that's my... Well, from wherever. That's my... Um, where do you rent games from nowadays? The, most of these places have got... Oh, Redbox does rentals now, doesn't it? Mm. I've never been to a Redbox, but... It's not heavy. Yeah, well, have you ever used it? No, I have no, I have no need to. I've got Netflix. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Captain America... I would say it's a rental, but it is fun. And it's really not... Some of these um, movie tie-in games are shit, but this one they've made some effort, so it's actually kind of good. Um, I also played the Xbox Live Arcade release this week, which is called From Dust, which is a... Do you remember Peter Molyneux's Black and White? Of course. I can only describe it as Black and White without the creature. You mean like I could be God? You're God. You can manipulate Earth, water... Do you have little people to You've control? You've got little people not to control, little people to look after. Now, they do their own thing. But if a tsunami's come in, for instance, a tsunami happens in the game. Um, when I, I've only played the first couple of levels. But as a god, you can teach the people things. Right. And there are totems in the world. So I can say to... I can click on a totem and say to the people, go and investigate the totem, because maybe you'll learn something. The people go towards the totem... And in this particular instance, they learned that they learned something for you as the god. And the thing that they learned was I could jellyfy water, which is interesting. So this, this, it looks amazing as well. The graphics are fantastic. There's this tsunami coming in, and you can imagine what that looks like. You've got these little people, and they're in the little campfire, and you, know, you think, holy shit, they're all going to die. You can do your thing, and it literally is like parting the sea. And and the middle of the sea becomes like jelly and just drops down. And they don't get obliterated by the thing. Now, you learn all kinds throughout the right. campaign. Like, like there's one level called lava where it's like a volcano's in the middle. And all the people are... The problem is the volcano, right? So you learn things to stop. Trees setting on fire or... But you manipulate with a hand. It's, well, it's not a hand as so much as a pointer. But it might as well be a hand. Sure. You can pick up big piles of dirt and put them somewhere say say there's a river and the river's flowing downstream and it's swamping a big village full of water well you can pick up a load of dirt from somewhere and block a river off right. and make a dam and then they'll be happier you know so it's that kind of game I think you Black might like Black and White it. had such potential man and they just didn't do it right this is they? like a, this is very much like Black and White it's just not as complicated Black and White had a lot going on. There was quests. And extremely was, repetitive. The quests, quests where you got attacked stuff. and shit. You know, once you start attacking me, I'm there done. There was a morality system in Black and White. Obviously, Black and yeah. White. There was the bad guy on your shoulder, the good guy on your shoulder. None of that in this. Yeah, you're either going to throw a bunch of your believers into the fire yeah. to get people to believe in you more, or are you just going to like give them good things like more trees and all that? So this one, you're just harnessing the elements to help the people, and you've... The idea of clearing a level, it gives you... It's a relatively small map. But the idea of clearing a level is when something's going to happen, you stop it happening. And the other thing is, 
when your people are more happy, vegetation. One question. If you're God, then why do you make a tsunami to begin with? Well, it doesn't say you're God, but I'm just assuming I'm a over overlooking power. Maybe I'm not a God. Maybe I'm just... Because maybe God's the one making the tsunami. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm just a helper. A, a and, lackey. <laughs> but it, I don't know. I've not got to the end. I don't think it will get explained. It's an independent game as well, so it's but it's really good graphics. Um and it's simpler than black and white because it's just one plain objective. But like I say, when you, when the people are happy, vegetation starts to grow on the map and animals start to appear. And there's another objective of getting 100% covered with vegetation oh, right. and 100% animals to appear. And you don't know what animals are going to appear. And there's some weird ones. Like fish start rolling up off the thing like spore. You know, like yeah. it starts to come alive. There's another one that kind of fell short. Spore... On paper, sounded like fantastic. the most fantastic thing you've ever. But it was too but it really dummy down, and then it was kind of over before it was. They brought a new spore out recently called Dark Spore, um, a brand new game. It's a sequel to Spore. Came out recently, and it's all revolving around combat. Ugh. A different thing. Ugh. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's uh, From Dust. I recommend it. It's the second Summer of Arcade game. I don't personally own an Xbox. While you have three, I have zero. So I won't be playing that game. Because you don't share. <laughs> With me. Well, yeah, it's hooked up here. You can always play. I can't sit at your desk. The other, against the rules. The other game I've been playing this week is Catherine. Mm-hmm. Um, which is... I, you explain Catherine. Mm, it's just kind of like a surreal dream kind of game to me. A dude who's got fears about life and he thinks women are gonna take I don't know he's got fears about relationships and all that kind of shit and one girlfriend wants him to get married and she's all bitchy and the other one's like all the opposite of that all sexy just, just whatever so he's a douchebag right because he's got two girlfriends no I don't think he's a douchebag well he's cheating on both of them yeah I just think he's he's just like he's like a stereotypical the interpretation is <sighs> that a dude has to be so afraid of responsibility and commitment that he's freaking out inside. That's what it is. Now, if that's true of men, then you are... No offense to you personally, but that just makes you seem like idiots. It's a Japanese game, let's, yes. let's find that. And it does focus on Japanese culture. The fear of commitment and responsibility, and then the the fantasy of what's the opposite of that, which is this chick who basically does anything and says anything, and she's real free and open, and, and they've just got a lot of interesting surreal things and you can make choices like whether once they're both called Catherine, hence the name of the game one's Catherine with a k one's Catherine with a c Catherine with a c is the blonde sexy do anything type of chick. and Catherine with a k is the more sensible let's settle down get married have babies kind of lady so you can make choices throughout the game of which one you're siding with and that's how the story plays out. And there's eight endings, I believe, so there's multiple playthroughs. Now, the gameplay is a puzzle. Um, it's hard to explain. It's also kind of like a thing of life um, that he's, he has to constantly climb up these towers of blocks and move things around or he's going to die. Yeah. And that the pressure of life as a man, <laughs> whatever... That you're so much under pressure to just keep climbing and climbing and moving sheep. forward and moving forward. The other people and, are sheep. Yeah, you're following you the flock and you are constantly trying to get ahead, get ahead, get ahead. And the pressure of it is just so much. Now, I really like the concept. I like yeah, the, yeah. the presentation is exceptional. I mean, it's, present, it's presented like an anime. In fact, some of it 
is done by one of the top anime teams um, in Japan. Um, and the actual gameplay part, which is when he goes to sleep every night, he has these recurring dreams, which happen to be a puzzle. The puzzle's really hard for me. I, I don't grasp it fully. You had a try of it. <laughs> yeah, impossible. And we're playing it on medium difficulty. Um, there is an easy mode, but we're playing it on the medium one. Now, I grasp the puzzle. I know what to do. And it does kind of give you hints as you're going along. But it's one of those puzzles that doesn't flick in my mind. Like, I'm not comfortable with it ever. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, slide you know, slide puzzles. Mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable with them either. You know, where you have to get A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, and you slide them around. I can sit and do that all day and probably never solve it. I There's something that never clicks for me. And this puzzle also doesn't click for me most of the time. I, if I if I do solve it, it's usually just through randomly doing stuff. Like, I'm not thinking about it so much. You have to move blocks around, then they fall, and they fall, and they fall, or and then you can end up with no solution. Yeah. Like, you're climbing, so you climb on top of one, and you drag one or push one You're trying to make position, steps, kind of. Right, to step up, and then at some point you can't grab another one or undo what you've done, so you're stuck. And there's a time thing. The, the floor is falling is, out from yeah. under you all the time. Now, may, I'm thinking on easy mode, maybe that part isn't there. I don't know, because I've not tried it. But then there's also bosses. Like, um, one of the bosses is, like, a, this evil baby that's chasing you up. So you got to keep moving. Right. Um, I like it. I like all its metaphors. Its story is very straightforward, easy to understand. What Like, some animes are not. Some animes are very... I like all the... A little too deep for you. Well, this is quite deep. It is. But... It all fits and seems to... There's some clumsy dialogue, but there always is in translated games. I mean, one of my favourite translated games is Trauma Team, which is an amazing <laughs> Wii game. And we spent 40 hours playing yeah, that man. game. Um, one after the other after the other. The only thing wrong with them is often the translation to American English leaves a lot to be desired, I think. Because <laughs> sometimes you're reading a sentence and then you're like... How did they get from that subject to that subject? It seems very clumsy. Like, surely in Japanese it wasn't like... But um, it happens in Catherine, too. You you speak to somebody in the bar, and they say, do you want a drink? And then they say, oh, do you know about this evil demon that's coming? It's like, what? What are you talking about? Like, people don't talk like that to each other. It's a game. It's like... Yeah, but I mean, I like a bit of... (laughs) It's also a man climbing on blocks and killing sheep. Yeah, but we understand he's in a dream. So... There you go. Um... If you enjoy the puzzle, I recommend it. And there is a demo on Xbox Live which gives you one level of the puzzle. So all I can say to you is, if you enjoy that puzzle and, and crave more of that puzzle with a cool story, I recommend it. But if you hate that puzzle, I can't recommend it because you will put it down. It gets very hard. Very hard. And if you're one of those people that even has a hint of feeling awkward and weird around things that don't a hundred that aren't 100% straightforward... Like, I've got a gun in my hand and I'm killing people, or I've got a football on my hand and I'm running for a touchdown. If you don't like anything outside of those kind of parameters, you're probably not going to And like I it. said to you this week, when I've been playing it, and it is fantastically presented, and I said to you, there's nothing like this game. Yeah. Nothing else. Like, I can't think of anything like this where it's a, what, a relationship simulator slash dating story slash uh, about... <laughs> You know, learning you about responsibility and it's it's got this moral message in there. And And puzzles and dreaming and psychosis and there's parts in the game where they give you a a questionnaire straight up like, 
um, who do you like, Catherine with a K or Catherine with a C? And you pick one, and then it goes online and says, this is what other people have answered. And you can kind of go, oh, right. wow, men, men said this and women said that. And it's like this interesting, I don't know, psychology experiment almost when it gets to this part. So it's very unique. You have to be in love with the puzzle to play through it, though, I think. To get so you through I, it. I would say go and get the demo. If you hate that puzzle and you think, wow, this puzzle sucks, don't buy it. Because <laughs> that's, that's what the game is. It hinges on the puzzle. Um, I've also been playing Dirt 3 PC this week. Not a lot to say, apart from I thank you to the guy on NeoGAF mm-hmm. who gave me a free Dirt 3 um, key. A legitimate. A legitimate Dirt 3 key uh, for free. Um, thank you very much, whoever you were. I can't remember your name, but... I've been playing it this week online. It's a fantastic game. One of my favourite racing games, if not my favourite racing game from this year. Um, great series. And the PC version looks way better than the 360 yeah. version. I mean, it's oh, it's so much sharper and nicer looking. It's um, And finally, the 3DS, and everybody knows I'm a fan of the 3DS. I bought one on day one. Receiving a price drop of $100 um, because Nintendo are freaking out that nobody's buying it. So... It's going to be $100 cheaper from the middle of next month. I think somebody at Nintendo watched Mr. Mom. In Mr. Mom, Terry Gar is hired by this big, huge company that makes canned tuna. And they're all fussing over. And it's during a recession. We're talking about the 80s again. You know, right. recession. And she's just like, well, just lower the price. Like, don't spend money on all these big advertising campaigns. And, they're, you know, of course, one dude's embarrassed because she's like this little mother who... You know, kind of the vision. She's like this housewife who comes to this big boardroom, and she just shouldn't. Her opinion shouldn't matter. Right. And then she's like telling the president of the company, like people just want a break, and so then he cuts the price of their tuna in half for mm-hmm. all the people, and until the recession is over to help out the families and stuff. You know, and I think somebody must have watched that and went, yeah, let's just lower the price. Right. So what they're doing here is they're dropping it from. Two forty nine to one sixty nine, so it's not exactly a hundred dollars. It's ninety, right? Um, but for people like me who paid two hundred and fifty dollars for it, and I don't expect anything. I said to you earlier, you know, when people are like, "Oh, I expect to be reimbursed for that." You shouldn't have spent two hundred fifty bucks on a piece of plastic. Well, I personally don't expect to be reimbursed. I've I bought it on day one. I've been playing it for five months or whatever it is since it came out. I've had money's worth out of it. It's not like. They're dropping the price for other people. You know, I've said to you, everything drops in price. You could buy a car tomorrow and it'd be yeah. $1,000 cheaper the day after. You don't get $1,000 back. Yeah, if the not- neighbor house sold for fifty grand. we wouldn't be able to go to our bank and go, hey, give me back $50,000, yeah. $60,000. It doesn't work like that, right? So, so why people expect it from electronics, I do not know. But anyway, Nintendo, they've decided that everybody who did buy it for $250 are going to be reimbursed, not with cash, but with twenty downloadable titles from their e-store now they've chose the 20 titles it's not like you can just go on there and pick 20 titles but they've chose really great titles like Mario Brothers and uh, Game Boy Advance games and virtual console games but I mean they're old games from the 80s and 90s but they didn't choose shitty ones they choose a Metroid game games that as a Nintendo fan you would be happy with I'm excited about that because I get 20 free games some, at some point in the future. But I bet some people have bought most a lot of those games and they're like, what's... What's interesting is these 20 games do not exist in a downloadable form yet. Anyway. Oh, right. 
you might have the originals on cartridge to play on your GBA, but you can't play them. Right. On so these are, and some of them are not going to be available to anybody ever again. Just these people who bought the 3DS for 250. So interesting. I didn't expect anything, so this is a bonus for me. I mean, um, the only thing I'm a bit peeved about is they've not give you a date of when you can have these games. Right. It's almost like we're going to give you 20 games this year. We'll this tell year. you when that happens. This year. Yeah, this year. That's what well, they said. You had seven months left. Yeah, you know, it or might it might happen on New Year's six. Eve, right? Yeah. But before the end of the year, we're getting twenty free games. I'm happy. Twenty games that I'll I'll play. One of them is WarioWare for the DS, which was an awesome game. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. That's a cool. Game. You know, and it's a game that cost forty bucks at the time. So. Now, they're giving you all DS and 3DS... I mean, they're not giving you a 3DS title at all, which seems a little bit odd to me, because didn't we buy the 3DS to play 3DS titles? Yeah, but they're trying to get off cheap. They are, and this cost them nothing. Well, it cost them something, because they could have charged for them, but... Yeah. But anyway, 3DS is going down in price. If you're going to buy, if you're thinking of buying one now, wait for a few weeks, you'll get it $100 cheap. Or buy it now, and you get the 20 free games, but you're going to have to pay full price. Some people I've said I've been reading, we're going to buy one, and they don't care about the price drop. They're going to buy it at two fifty because they want those twenty games. Because right. those twenty games would cost you a hundred bucks because they're like five bucks each, right? So, who knows what's going to happen? So, um, hopefully, the three DS doesn't fail because I really enjoy playing it. You know, and there are a lot of cool games coming out at Christmas. So, Sid talk. What's for dinner? Beans on toast. Which is a very British meal. As for your Britishness, and you will be having beans on the toast this time. Last time I made beans on toast, you're like, I don't want it on toast. But you're having it on toast. I didn't want any that's bread. that's traditional. And you're having it. And I got a bag of roasted potatoes with garlic and rosemary. Those are really good. Those sound... We haven't had this brand. We've had so some like that. Yeah, similar. And um, I'm going to make cucumber tomato salad with a little bit of ranch dressing. That is also good. And then I got some chocolate, non-dairy, I believe it's coconut ice cream. It's chocolate and peanut butter flavor. See, kids, you don't need to eat meat and you can have a delicious dinner. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to bring up that, but uh, that's an interesting... uh, And as per your next question, what is the meaning of life? Which I was happy to enlighten you. Um, I've been thinking a lot about following and joining lately that people seem to think why do you think facebook is popular i love facebook and i love it i don't feel like i love it because i belong to anything no people do i feel like they like like drop on people from the outside so i'm the opposite of that when i make a comment i don't need anyone to comment unless i'm asking a question even then i don't really care but this idea of following and following and being told how your life is supposed to be. Like, put you in this little box, and this is how you're supposed to look, and this is how you're supposed to dress, and this is how everyone around you looks and dresses and talks and thinks. Therefore, you do. And somehow that really soaks into people. Yeah. And the fear of being a little bit outside of that. You know, uh, you have nothing to fear by not being like everybody else. It, it boggles my mind, and sometimes I struggle with it, because I think... I absolutely don't identify with that. Not in any way, shape, or form. There'll be a lot of people that don't. Yeah, But well, there are more who do. I don't think... Hence the sheep in Catherine. Correct. And I think that it's the odd person. Odd as in, you know, rarity. And I just don't... Like, my mom was here visiting over last weekend, right? 
And I love her very much. And I respect her opinion on some things. And I don't on other things. And I don't ask her opinion on many things. I don't ask her permission or her approval or her input. Unless, like, we're planning a family reunion. That's an exception. It's a family reunion. It's a group project, right? But if I were to walk into there and she goes... She would say something like, hmm, where'd you get those pants? Or something like that, which she she might, but it's rare. I'd be like, um, I don't know, Walmart or whatever. And then I'd go on about my business. Now, most people I know would be like, why? What's wrong with my pants? Oh, my mom doesn't like these pants. I better change. I better dress the way my mom expects me to dress. I try to identify with that. But my mom doesn't live my fucking life. My mom isn't me. Correct. Other people aren't me. Just because my boss tells me certain things, even then I have a hard time adhering to them. I get my tasks completed, right? I get my job done. I do what is expected of me um, when it comes to productive things. But on the little things, I don't behave differently around him. I don't... (laughs) I don't... Like, I never follow the dress code. And just because I know he's going to be there, I don't follow the dress code... Because I don't normally. And other people be like, oh, God, did you realize he's going to be here and you, you've got your orange shoes on? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, well, so? I mean, I don't care. I don't feel judged. I don't feel, I don't mind getting in trouble for shit. It doesn't bother me. I don't, I don't get that. I, I just wonder, you know, about the world and if it would be a better place if people could step back a little bit, make their own choices, not get swept into these rivers of thought and I'm not talking about like, oh, I've decided I'm going to go kill a bunch of people, so I'm going to. I mean, I mean, other than that, like, don't feel so stressed and pressured to be like everybody. Just, you know, you know what I say at the end of every show. Think for yourself. But perhaps some people are more happy you. following the uh, status quo. I disagree. And I think that's where the unhappiness in the world comes from, is because people are swept into it, and inside they know it isn't them. Actually, that's what the Matrix is all about. Yeah, but then you got Joe Pants who wants to go back in because he likes the simple life. And I guess that's it. It's easier to watch all the TV shows and wear the right clothes and say all the buzzwords and um, drive the right car and have the right job because you are not thinking. You have no accountability. You have no responsibility. You have nothing to answer for. You're just one of the sheep, which ties into your game. But, I mean, I just think about that in Meaning of Life maybe think for yourself and on the uh, uh, <laughs> as a punctuation point to that i think that comment pops oh my god <laughs> all right so uh, so thanks for listening just let to the me show. get my you know my suicide pills over here and just end it now if my husband is going to be talking like that uh you said something the other day and i was just mortified because you said something that sounded like fucking internet speak or whatever and i wanted to like I was like, no, 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 no. Don't be one of those people. I am a product of the internet. Sometimes you are, and it drives me a little crazy. So I have to kind of pick and choose what I I listen to. (laughs) So thanks for listening to the show. I want to remind you about our websites, uh, aschoolie.com, sitar.com. You can catch us both on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Xbox Live, YouTube. You can catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store. Um, I never say this, but you can rate us and all that kind of thing. I don't care, but rate us. I, I haven't even got iTunes installed, so I don't know. How to rate <laughs> us. Um, but do that if you like. Um, rate you, us. You might go on there and find you've got probably really bad reviews. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
And that's fine too. You can email me, aschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschooly